Hello everyone and welcome to She Brigade, the podcast. I'm your host, Belundlem Semeche. If you're new here, welcome to the podcast. And if you're a returning brigader, welcome back. She Brigade is a podcast that celebrates and amplifies the stories of incredible and inspiring black female trailblazers. On the show, our guests share their life stories, the highs, the lows, and everything that has brought them to be who they are today. Today's guest is Bipelo Maabe. Bipelo is one of the Miss South Africa top three finalists for 2017. But what many people may not know is that prior to that, she had been in the pageant industry from the age of six when her mom got her into pageants in order to build her self-confidence. Bipelo grew up navigating the socioeconomic dynamics of being from the township while attending urban schooling. These contrasts in the worlds that she existed in are part of what drove her to eventually become one of the top three of Miss SA, embark on a number of entrepreneurial ventures, and now to carving her way through the corporate world to become the social media engagement manager at one of the leading telecommunications companies in South Africa. In today's episode, Bipilo takes us through her journey of navigating different industries at once, the impact of Miss South Africa on her life, as well as literally creating her own roles in the corporate world, and so much more. Remember, we love to hear from you, so please engage with us on our social media at SheBrigade on all social media platforms or email us with feedback at info at SheBrigade.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on your podcast platform. So let's dive in. Hey, Bipilo, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here today. She Brigade is a podcast I've personally oh been gosh. following. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, quite a handful of my girlfriends as well, you oh. know, listen to She Brigade. So it's really an honor to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, it's always, you know, like when you're talking into a mic, like you don't know who's on the other side. Yeah. So it actually means a lot <laughs> to me that you're saying that. Uh, and I'm so excited to have you on here. You have been requested Quite, by quite a few people that listen to the podcast. So I hope awesome. everyone is as excited as I am to have you on here. Okay, Great. so yeah. <laughs> on the podcast, uh, we like to start all the way from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, take us all the way back to you growing up. What was it like for you as a child? What kind of a child were you? Um, your primary school, high school life, all of it. Yeah. So, um, you know, a big part of my life, as you know, I guess many people would also share is my parents um mm. you know i was raised by two incredible individuals who really fueled and supported my dreams even through the most difficult of times mm. and um you know not just in my life but especially in their life because growing up you know financially that was not a strength for our family mm. and i think when i look back now i'm so grateful for the way that they handled that situation that they did not allow that to trickle down to me or how mm. i saw myself um because for the longest time the narrative of poverty in the family was starting to become something that I started to notice as a young person mm. and now you know you go into schools and you've got other young kids who look at you and you know have nasty things to say and we know kids are yeah. very yeah. real and brutal <laughs> yeah so um you know that that was a part of my growing up and my journey but I'm so grateful that when I got home you know I was surrounded by love and support mm. and um 
you know, that, that really played a big role in the person, in the woman that I am right now, because I still reference those moments because I'm like, actually, if I didn't have that, I think that would have had such an impact on my confidence as a young black woman, Mm. um, growing up in our society. And, um, so my mom describes me, uh, when I was younger, she says I was very shy and timid Uh and, uh, I grew up as an only child. So for most of my life, you know, I'd find ways to entertain myself and, you know, (laughs) I really learned how to be with myself even through, um, you know, my parents' life challenges. Mm. And she says she noticed that, yeah, I was very much drawn to myself. I was very shy. I wouldn't speak much and it concerned her. Uh, you know, she started thinking that maybe the situation was getting to me and seeing how the other kids were relating and engaging with me. So her solution was to enter me into a pageant. So at six years old, my mom entered me into my first pageant. And uh, you can imagine, obviously, with looking at the journey now, I absolutely loved it. You know, to her surprise, I, you know, really shone on stage. And, you know, for me, I felt like, wow, I love this. This is where I belong. This is where I want to be. And so that's where my pageantry journey then began. What do you think it was that your mom saw that she felt like this was the perfect thing to get you out of your shell? Um, I really have no idea. Because right? that's an interesting choice to <laughs> yeah. get to raise some, a, a child's confidence. Yeah. Pageantry, I assume I haven't even participated in any pageant in my yeah. life, but I assume yeah. it can also be very difficult. Yeah. So it could have gone the other way, but yes. clearly, like you said, you thrived in this environment. So I'm yeah. just curious to know, like, what was it that kind of made her feel like that's yes. the one for her? Maybe we should interview my mom. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't have the right answer for you. Or, you know, <laughs> fair enough. Fair but enough. <laughs> uh, I know growing up, she was very passionate about beauty mm. and, you know, passionate about that space. And, uh, you know, she saw young girls within that space who were confident and, you know, who were shining. Yeah. And I think naturally as a mom, she wanted that for me. Yeah. Um, and you know, indeed I did shine and it was a place where I felt like I belonged and, um, you know, being on that stage and, you know, being able to express myself in a way that I would not otherwise, uh, be able to express myself in the community that I was in. Mm. So it really just opened up my mind as a young um, girl. And, uh, it also started to, I guess, switch on certain light bulbs, you know, in my mind about what was possible mm. because in the competitions I would be exposed to young girls from different backgrounds to mine you know some who were really well off and you know had Mm. the things that they needed and I'm just so grateful to God that in that moment I did not see it as an inferiority uh, position but as inspiration and you know I think that's what I'd also like to encourage our listeners that I think all of us have something that we don't have and that we would like to have. Yeah. And I'm sure you know someone who's got something that you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and the natural thing or the natural emotion and feeling is to either be jealous or to envy, which grows into a lot of negative things mm. for us. Mm. And um, I would like to encourage you to rather draw inspiration from it. And uh, don't envy, but, you know, look at it and say, okay, wow, you know, she's great and she's doing this. Mm. Um, I'm not trying to be her and I'm not going to be her, but Mm. I would like to draw that inspiration from her to pursue what I know I'm good at or, you know, what my purpose and my journey is. Yeah, wow. I I actually love that message because you're right. 
everybody has that kind of experience. Yeah. We all know that like there's things that we want, things that we long for yeah. and it can get dark really quick yes. if you don't use that same energy into something positive. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So tell me, um, oh, how, actually I'm now, I'm just curious. How many pageants <laughs> have you done? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you are quite a number. I don't have a number. I actually need to go back and check. <laughs> yeah. But a few. Yeah, quite a few. Because you started so young. Um, yeah. Uh, there was a period though where I stopped, uh, like completely stopped. And that was, you know, late into high school and into university because mm. I genuinely just wanted to focus on my academics. And, uh, you know, I was also exploring other areas and other elements you know that I was more yeah. interested in at the time and um yeah so it, it's quite a journey as well you know yeah. um where it, yeah it wasn't pageants every year it wasn't you know modeling every year there were certain things at certain times that you know took precedence so, yeah yeah okay okay so tell me in high school yeah what did you want to be when you grew up so I wanted to be a medical doctor. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I still low-key have dreams. <laughs> you, can, you can still do it. You can still do it. Yeah. <laughs> but then eventually I decided I'll probably be a doctor by my studies, an academic uh, doctor, yes. a PhD <laughs> doctor. <laughs> so you can still do it. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Um, and uh, in grade 11, I read an interesting article that talked about changing the world and, you know, politics. And that if you want to change the world, you need to understand politics. Mm. And I think, yeah, in my young mind at that time, I took that article very literally. And I was like, I want to change the world. You know, I want to be a young Oprah. Yeah. So <laughs> clearly I should study politics. Yeah. So that's exactly what I applied for. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So yeah, at this, I applied for a Bachelor of Arts and I majored in politics and international relations. Mm. And um of course, now that was a whole new world uh, that, you know, also opened mm. up my eyes to to society, to the world, to countries, yeah. to Africa. And um, during that time, you know, I was so passionate about, um, you know, people, about politics, about, you know, society. And I think the course really helped me connect with the things that I was experiencing and the things that were starting to be important to me. Mm. So, you know, for the longest time, my background was something that I always wanted to suppress. And I think what being exposed to that course and as well, you know, engaging with students and seeing the passion that everybody had for where they came from and, you know, their background and how they wanted to change it also helped me to reconnect back with my community, with mm. my background to say, okay, you know, my parents are not necessarily um, uneducated in the sense of, you know, having degrees and whatnot because it was a choice. They are, um, you know, living out the historical um, experiences of the country that unfortunately, mm -hmm. you know, was the obstacle facing a lot of black people. Yeah. And not everybody was able to overcome the challenges that came with, um, you know, the systems that kept people in certain positions and places. So, you know, it helped me to appreciate that, okay, you know, we, we are living in a, 
in a society that unfortunately has been set up to disadvantage a brown-skinned person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so coming into those realities and beginning to understand them for myself as a young woman, you know, I think empowered me. Because now I was like, okay, I'm not going to blame my parents for the things I did not have. Um, And this is not to say I'm passing the blame to the system or to, you know, what had happened in the past. But it's now being in a position of power, understanding what it is you're actually dealing with and what it is you're actually um you know you're you're fighting against and working towards breaking down and Mm -hmm. um you know that's what I continue to do in my career in my relationships and how I engage and how I represent myself on social media Mm. oh wow that's so interesting I love how you relate your course back to the real world and not just the real world your world as well and how that impacted you because like we study and, you know, you study for the purpose of getting a career or whatever yeah. that, whatever it may be. But I'm trying to think if even I could relate some of those things that I learned in varsity back to me, you know, the point I was just looking at the end goal, but you were actually absorbing it and applying it to real life right now yeah. and take like just getting those takeaways from seeing how you can take away things you can apply right now. Mm. Yes. Yes. Um, you've also been working like almost your whole life, pretty much, yes. haven't you? <laughs> so tell me about what it was that got you into the media industry. Because I feel that's where yeah. you started with your career, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So coming out of pageantry, um, that evolved into me joining agencies, modeling agencies. Mm. Um, so yeah, there is a big difference between pageantry and modeling. Um, so through my agent, I was exposed to now the world of presenting the world of, you know, just all the other elements, you know, in the media space that, uh, was, were very interesting to me and um, you know I realized I had a passion for for talking and presenting and I wanted to you know start harnessing you that did so well <laughs> <laughs> this took a long time okay <laughs> I always uh, you know joke around about how um, I did not know how to speak English until I was about 10 or 11 oh, wow um, yeah and I mean even through those years it was still you know quite a struggle so yeah, this was all built and learned. Yeah, wow. I love it. Thank you for saying that because I think if there's anybody watching who's wondering, can I get to that point? Yeah. You can. Yes. It's built. It's learned. You can learn Absolutely. it. You can build it. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yes, you were in the modeling, well, well at the modeling yeah. agency. Yes. Yes. So um, that sparked the interest, um, you know, into presenting, but but when I got to university, I knew so I knew I had a passion for for media and I wanted to be in that space. Uh, but I was very particular and clear about not wanting to be an entertainment figure. Um, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> so I, you know, I wanted to, you know, I, I saw myself as a young Deborah Pata. You know, I wanted oh, to do oh, that kind okay, of media okay. and that kind of stuff because I was like, you know, yeah. I want to be impactful. Yeah. I want, you know, I want to change people's lives in this way. Yeah. And um, so I remember at uh, at Wits East Campus, they every week they would be, you know, how news channels would come to take uh, vox boxes of students talking or commenting on certain yes. things. So every week, Soweto TV would come. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this one day, you know, they bumped into me and, you know, I gave them a very passionate answer to one of their questions. And um, the producer took my number and every week, 
when they came onto campus, they would, you know, call me and then would they'd interview me. So then he told me that he was producing a show called News and Views and uh, they were looking for an in-studio political analyst. Um, so I went as a guest the, the one time. And then afterwards I was like, hey, I'm happy to be your resident political analyst. Um, and, you know, you don't have to pay me. Oh, wow. And then they were like, okay, great. So all they needed to do was fetch me and take me to studio and drop me back on campus so i did that every tuesdays um in the evenings yeah so yeah so then that grew into um you know other elements you know i was able to build my confidence on screen i was you know able to learn about the tv world a little bit and uh you know little did i know that that was actually preparing me for the next level so at some point they were now interested in doing um english news on the channel so before Mm -hmm. it was simply an only vanek and um of course, I was there and I had, you know, some experience. So I auditioned and I got yeah. the job. And then that was like my first big paying job. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is so interesting. Like when you were on campus and they were, you were giving that commentary, did you know what you were doing? I thought I did. Was it you know, intentional? Was, was it like, <laughs> I know I want to be there? Not like, even. You know, I mean? you know not... Uh, I think the, the, I guess the dream was there, mm. but obviously you never know how it's going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, you have ideas of how you'll potentially get there, but I think in that moment, I didn't realize what was actually happening, yeah. right? I was just like, oh yes, I want to be on camera. Yeah. And yes, you know, <laughs> I studied political science, yeah. so I know exactly, you know, what these theories yeah. are. So, you know, it was just that passion in me to, oh, wow. to do that. Yeah. I, I just find it so interesting because... It's something so small and potentially unrelated. Not yes. unrelated, but like, mm. I don't know. I just feel like you just never know who you're talking to. 100%. You never know who's watching. So yeah. I love that for you. I love that for you. It just started <laughs> from you being like, hey, there's a camera there. Let me get in front yes, of it. And not let to you being actually properly, em- formally employed by them, yes. working for them. Yeah. She, okay. And how was, how was your, what was your first job like? What was it like? Um, that job. So, I mean, it was a dream come true, right? Mm. Uh, here I was, this little girl who was on the news, evening primetime news. Yeah. And, you know, and I think what was most interesting was being in the community of Alex. So, you know, here you are. People are seeing you on TV. Everybody's going crazy. Oh so you're like gosh. a mini celebrity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then even on campus, you know, people started noticing me. Yeah. And, you know, I was like that girl. So um, it, it was really such a beautiful journey. But again, the reality of your background come again you know they constantly creep up on you Mm -hmm. now I was this girl on tv doing so well studying at you know one of the country's top universities but every night I had to you know be catching a taxi I'd be catching two taxis you know from campus to uh, the station and back Mm. you know Mm. and uh, that again are moments that remind you of how Life is unfair, but you don't necessarily have to play to its unfairness, right? In a mess, there's always opportunity. And as much as, you know, I was the girl on TV and still had to be seen in the public transports, you know, waiting in line there at the taxi rank, that was still part of my journey. And, you know, the, the, and if I had to be embarrassed by that, the next young girl who is from Alex, who has those dreams, um, not being able to see me there 
is potentially a dream crusher for her mm. you know so it was important mm. for me to be in that taxi and be on screen yeah. it was important for me to still be in alex and not have a car and not have this and um you know be seen doing the things that i was doing because yeah. you know that's what we're fighting that's and those are the stereotypes and sometimes even the pressure that we put on ourselves that okay because now i have a degree it means i need to have a car it means i need to live in a certain area it means i need to look a certain way mm. Mm-hmm. Um, when really you don't, you don't. Um, you know, our journeys are unique and we need to be able to be in a position where we understand their uniqueness and mm-hmm. we're able to, um, you know, live in the moments that we are given because that's what builds your journey and your character for your goals and your dreams. Mm-hmm. 100%. So at this stage, did you now feel like, okay, I'm building up my career in broadcast? Like the direction of your career where where was it at this stage in your life because remember you just knew that you wanted to change the world yeah political science is going to help you achieve that goal somehow whatever that looks like yeah so what was the direction of your career at this point so now being exposed to the world of news you know my next thing was you know going on a national um Ah, broadcaster and eventually going to your cnn's bbc's so you know that was the dream and then in between all of that, here I am now. Uh, you know, I had a lot of people telling me to enter my South Africa. And I was like, oh, no, I'm <laughs> You know, and I was like, I'll do it in my own time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I knew that was something I still wanted to do because that was still part of my childhood journey yes. and dream, you know. But I just felt, okay, I want to do this at the right time. Yeah. So in 2017, um, that was the year I was doing my master's in international relations, um, which I did not complete, by the way, because of the pageant. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so when I entered in 2017, that was actually meant to be my practice year. I was not supposed to get as far as I did. <laughs> you were supposed to make it. Yes. Because, and then life said, Mm-mm. yeah, because that was the year I was still doing my master. So the plan was to complete my studies and then, you know, go. Oh. So I was like, okay, well, let me not waste the year. Let me practice and Test. see what it's like. And, you know, so that when I come back full force, in 2018, I'll be ready. Yeah. But, okay, you know. <laughs> Life will always show you. Wait, so what's exactly. your plan? Well, <laughs> exactly. So I remember when I entered, I did not tell a soul. Uh, right up until I was going to be announced as a finalist. Yeah. And um, now I was like, oh, crap, I need to call everybody. I need to tell my parents. You know, nobody knew because this was something that I was doing on my own in secret. It was my practice round. And also, I just didn't want to feel the embarrassment if I didn't make it far as well at the same Mm. time, you know. And I think many of us kind of go through that where we do things or we don't do things because we're scared to be embarrassed. And guys... It's never worth it. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's never, ever worth it. And uh, in my case, it just worked out in that, you know, I secretly did something and then eventually um, it became public at a time where it w- I was pretty far in the journey. And... Um, But again, at the same time, I actually want to say in the same breath that there are some experiences and some decisions that you have to make and go through on your own Mm. without the influence or the... um, 
you know, the, the words of other people. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to listen to yourself and make decisions fully with your, with your mind mm. and with your experience and with your heart. Mm. So, you know, that too was important for me at that time because even through the journey, it, it was very difficult because now, you know, there were all these engagements that we needed to attend to. There were all these things that we needed to have outfits for and I couldn't really afford it, you know, and I didn't have have the luxury of calling my parents to be like yo i need a dress yeah. for this you know or um i need to be driven to wherever mm. um but again you know those were the elements that really build on your character and your strength as a person and what you know or believe you're capable mm. of doing yeah so i'm just trying to think back to where we were now <laughs> before i got sidetracked. no so you're explaining your 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 varsity journey and yes. how yes now you joy you entered this thing just to see what yeah. it's like so you're yes. ready for it next year <laughs> yeah okay and then you placed <laughs> i did which was insane right um not only because i didn't plan to get that far yeah. but because of just the i guess again the realities of my life that you know i had every reason to stop or every reason to give up to not make it yeah exactly um you know i talk about the first day i had the the big casting or the first time we we casted and it's hundreds all i saw were just the hundreds of gorgeous beautiful women who were so well spoken yeah. who were so well dressed you know and uh, here i am little old me there with you know, a face beat that I learned along the way <laughs> with my eyeliner and lip gloss yeah. and powder and, uh, you know, my young dress there from Mr. Price and, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, here are people looking very next level. And I remember at some point um, while I was sitting in the line, I was like, people are just go like they're not even going to see you. You know, um, look at Bello and Leia sitting next to you, right? She looks amazing. You know, everything mm. about her is well put together. Like, look at you. So I had those moments throughout the entire pageant. And um, I'm just glad that I stuck it through. But again, because I had been through what I had been through, th this moment was not unfamiliar. Mm. You know, um, mm. even though the doubtful thoughts kept coming to my mind at the same time i did have a point of reference because i'm yeah. like i did go through this a couple of years ago you've navigated you know this. yes so mm -hmm. i can do it so it's fighting through those thoughts and fighting through those emotions to you know push through what would you say to someone who's going through something similar to that right now so not, it doesn't even have to be in pageantry yeah in whatever situation they find themselves where again everything looks stacked against them mm -hmm. there's no reason for them to continue if you really think like logically speaking yeah. you shouldn't be the one to make it and all these thoughts are actually like crowding your mind what would you mm. say to a young person listening today i would say that you have come this far i am pretty certain that this is not the first challenge that you are experiencing mm. so take a moment give yourself some credit for how far you've come Look mm. back. I'm sure you can count the number of times you were faced with a situation that you had to overcome. So take a moment to actually be proud of that. Uh, because I think it's the thoughts that tell us that we can't, we're incapable, we're, you know, we're, we could never do this, that we 
tend to want to sit on and dwell on but there's so much more that you have done and accomplished yeah. uh, regardless of how you feel about yourself in that moment because trust me there's someone else who's looking at you and is looking at you as inspiration to mm. say wow if only I could be you know 10% of that yeah. so honestly I would just say take a moment and give yourself credit Give yourself credit for listening to this podcast right now. Mm. You know, give yourself credit for the fact that you are up today. You made it another day. That's enough for you to, you know, be proud that you've got another moment to to move forward and yeah. to, to make a difference in your life or the next person's life. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and that's because when I was even asking the question, I actually thought you were going to say something along the lines of, what to do next and mm. instead you said just stop for a second yeah look at what you've done yes look at all that you've done all that you've accomplished that is that, that's so beautiful i wasn't yeah. expecting that at all <laughs> i thought it was gonna be like get up go you know get get, up and yeah go. but actually yeah. you're right we don't take we don't reflect enough yes and yeah wait. yeah you're just, Thanks. I think, yeah, that this is what the, the last year has taught us, mm. you know, by force as a by world, force, yes, you know, that yes. sometimes you just need to take a moment, mm. calm down. We're always on this rush to success, rush to achieve. And we're actually missing out on, you know, the important and key moments of our lives while we're rushing to the next mm. thing. And the fact is we're never reaching this destination because mm. there's always one thing after the other, right? Mm. After matric, you want a degree. After a degree, yeah. you want a job. After a job, you want to stop working. You want to work for yourself. You know, just as an example, there's always yeah, something yeah. to do and achieve right up until we die. So it's really not a destination, but a journey and life to enjoy and you know this is something that I've starting again to learn in therapy so mm. I started therapy and um, yeah the best decision that I've made for myself as a woman I would say and I would encourage anyone to pursue that journey yeah. uh, you know whether it's through counseling personal counseling even career coaching you yeah. know just getting a I've been working a with a life coach yes yeah. uh you know um it's it's a very powerful place to be because you are saying that cool you know you're great <laughs> but <laughs> but you know that there's more to unlock yes, yes. you know and you're just getting the help to unlock that and to be the best version of yourself mm. and you know that's that's what it's saying so definitely. i love that analogy because there's nothing wrong with you no you're great you 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 got this i mean look at us <laughs> i mean look at us you've got this we know we're good it's just about taking that step to like you're saying unlock what else is, is yeah. what else there is behind everything all the all this greatness that's sitting yes. here today yeah yeah I love that. And thank you for sharing that. I also am a big believer of therapy. Yeah. Of whether it's therapy, coaching, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm so pro all of that. Yeah. And so tell me, what was life like pre-Miss SA and post-Miss SA? What was the biggest differences that um, other lessons that you took away? Or mm. just actual physical differences in your life? Yeah. You know, I'd say the biggest difference was... Before Miss Essay, I thought I was doing everything for, for me and myself mm. and, um, you know, trying to change my family's life. And mm. the Miss South Africa journey then exposed me to so many other people who 
were now looking at me as a role model, you know, something that I had not experienced at that magnitude. Mm. So, you know, going back to Alex and now having parents, children coming to you and, you know, literally asking you to change their lives, you know, or just showing you how much they believe in Mm. what you're doing and how much is impacting them. So I think that was the big switch for me, understanding that, oh, wow, actually, I I was very inward looking before. uh, But what the journey taught me is that you're actually being blessed for the next person. It's Mm, not for you to... Blessed for the next person. Yes, you know, your life is meant to be a blessing. You are a vessel. You know, I'm a Mm. Christian and, um, you know, the word of God always talks about how, um, you know, God flows through you. Mm. Your gifts are meant to flow, mm. you know. Um, and I always use the analogy of, you know, imagine having a beautiful singing voice and all you do is sing for yourself at home. Yeah. Imagine if Beyonce was at home yeah. just singing to herself. <laughs> yeah. um, all these millions of people would not have the opportunity to experience her gift and her mm. talent. Mm. And that's how you need to think about your gift and talent as well, that it's not just for you. Even if you're cracking numbers, you don't even have to be in the public space, right? Um, because I guess when you are in the public space, it's more obvious. But even if mm. you're a teacher, um, you know, a financial um, accountant, a scientist, your work, your knowledge, your skills, and your passions are meant to help the next person. Mm. You know, you could be developing the next... Uh, I don't know, theory or model that helps small black businesses. That's how you need to think about your gifts and your talents that, um, you know, it's not just for you. It's not just for you to have a salary at the end of the day. It's not just for you to make sure you and your family don't go to bed hungry, but it's actually for, for you, your gifts to flow to the next person and more. And that's how you know that you're really, um, living a purposeful life yeah uh, so yeah that's that's what happened to me with the the south africa journey you know pre and post and you know i'm so glad that i got to that because you know now i move differently having yeah. that understanding yeah. and carry myself differently with that understanding mm, I, I love that you said that i can relate to that so like with me i've always felt like i'm so blessed Right. I'm so blessed, whether it's like with like with school, mm-hmm. with whatever it was. And I, I remember just sitting there one day and thinking it can't be I can't just be blessed just to be blessed. Mm-hmm. It has to be for another reason. So it's also part of the reason why I I, 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 I do the podcast. Yeah. There's a reason why I can afford to buy a mic yes. to buy this equipment. It's so that we can so that I, I can be used as a tool to as a vessel to share people's stories, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I, I, I just really believe as well, it can't just be for Justin J. Yeah, yeah. I can't just have the gifts that I have Justin J just for me mm. to enjoy them by myself. No, absolutely. So I 100% relate to that. Yeah. Okay, so you've also been in corporate now. Yes. For a while. And I'm curious to know why you've stayed in corporate for a while. Mm. It was never part of your journey. Yeah. Uh, it was never part of your dreams. You've mentioned so many dreams along your journey. This was never part of your dream. And I ask it because, you know, I'm someone who as well is in corporate, has been in corporate, likes corporate, yeah. but I also have other, other passions. And people do sometimes ask me, do you do, why do you stay in this corporate thing? Why don't you start your own thing and just do your own thing? I'm like, no, I, I actually like what I do. So I'm curious to know, even with your other parts unfolding, why do you still stay in corporate? What are you getting from that journey? And how's it feeling to your other 
journeys and mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. So in corporate, I, yeah, that was definitely a, a space that I did not even dream of myself yeah. being in. I was just like, <laughs> oh, imagine me going every morning with 14 to our bars. 95, you know? <laughs> and, uh, um, but I'm so glad I did. I am so glad I did. And, uh, you know, I think now, four years later, I'm starting to actually appreciate and understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, f- let me talk about my decision to, you know, go into it. So it was shortly after the pageant. So I had to decide if I was going to go back to my broadcasting or, you know, pursue this now opportunity that yeah. was presented in front of me of getting into corporate, uh, corporate communications specifically. So, um, I spoke to a couple of people and my mentors, um, at the time and I was like, okay, here's, you know, here are two things. Yeah. I really don't want to do this corporate thing. Um, I want to go back and grow my broadcasting career, but I'm not sure. I don't know. It doesn't feel quite right at this mm-hmm. stage. Um, so yeah, after a couple of conversations and, you know, getting different perspectives, eventually I decided to do the corporate thing as a way to diversify. Mm. So it wasn't meant to be something that I was going to do for long, but it was just meant to kind of, you know, grow my experience in this space because Mm. I hadn't done that before. Um, it was very scary. Uh, but again, you know, it's the things that scare us the most that we should pursue the most. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I started my journey in corporate and I hated it. Really? The first year, <laughs> I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I'd remember, I remember, um, yeah, I'd be driving home crying because everything was oh. hard and people were mean. And I was just like, what is this? You know? Yeah. And, but there was still something in my heart that was like well don't go just yet you know so pushing through that difficulty again and um yeah four years later here I am you know thriving in the space but I think what the the four years have really taught me is um firstly your biggest lessons aren't packaged in the way that you always envision them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm-hmm. best lessons are actually the ones that come in lemons, <laughs> you know, mm. packaged in lemons and, um, uh, you know, the prickly stuff, the yeah. ugly prickly stuff. And, you know, I have to say for me, one of my biggest concerns about going into corporate was that I was going to lose out on my personal brand and everything else I had built out. Get swallowed into this world of corporate. Yes, now it, I'm yeah. like this person behind a laptop yeah. all day, every day. Uh, but funny enough, it enhanced my personal brand. Mm. And, you know, I also had to be quite conscious about how, you know, I worked the two uh, because I still had a lot going on outside of the office that I, you know, needed to attend to. So it just meant that I had to show up more in the office and, you know, exceed and perform well so that when I am out there, nobody can fault me to say that, oh yeah, she's out there busy being a model that's why you know (laughs) stuff is not done um again which was you know a challenge that I had to deal with as well Mm. educating these people that I was working with in the corporate space that hey I'm not just a beauty queen I'm not just a pretty face um you know I 
I'm here to to work and to contribute and to make mm. a difference. And again, you know, that's that's something that we constantly need to be aware of. Wherever we are, we have brands. And it's your job to teach people about your brand, you know, yes. show them what mm-hmm. it is you want them to know you for. So unfortunately for me, I, my public brand was kind of disadvantaging me a bit internally um, where now I wasn't necessarily taken seriously you know Mm. because it's like oh it's the pretty one oh it's the the pageant girl you know and (laughs) yeah so now imagine having that complex of cool I'm young I'm black I'm a woman and then oh I'm pageant queen, I'm this, you know. So all the things that, oh, you would think, oh, this is fine, this is normal. In there, it was a bit difficult. Yes, yeah. yes. In that environment, those those little, those little features show up very differently. Yeah. Mm. So I had to um, now learn the environment and also learn how to brand myself in that environment. Mm. Uh, so I realized that, cool, I wasn't going to engage these people or debate them to respect me but that had to show through my work yeah so that pushed me to work really hard and um in three years yeah I had moved about moved up like two positions and the two positions that I um out of the the four that I had in the four years were two that never existed before in the business okay so um basically I crafted a new place for me and that's what you do if they're not letting you sit at the table go build your own yeah you know and uh, I'm actually quite amazed saying this because I actually didn't realize (laughs) yeah actually wow (laughs) oh wow okay yeah um even my current position never existed in the business before and it came through you know where asking myself how do I add value mm. how do I make these features and experiences about me work for me yeah. and um here we are you know yeah I like that because people s- tend to see corporate as as fitting into a box mm. but what you've done here is the same way people go out and create start businesses create their own thing out there you can create your own thing even in corporate spaces yeah. everything is what you make it hey? absolutely everything is what you make it yeah. and you created literally roles that didn't yes. exist in the space where most people made like fall behind disappear yeah. into the into the shadows yeah congrats well done thank i you. love that for you thanks <laughs> i really do i love that for you thank you yeah, yeah. so you know um uh you've really hit it on the head that, you know, we think that we go into these spaces. Yeah. There are businesses that have been built over years Mm. and they have processes and it's hashtag. We've been doing this for the last 20 years (laughs) like this. Who are you? Um, But you know, there is nothing more powerful than impact. And that's where you need to know your power resides, Mm. especially as black women, you know, Mm. Nobody wants to listen to us first. Yep. Um, so you have to make yourself heard through your impact mm. and through what you have. Your experiences, your knowledge, everything that you have gone through is important. Mm. And, you know, if you look down on it, then why should the next person take it into account? So, you mm. know, in the boardrooms, I would be talking about 
um, the people in Alex, because now here we are, we're a business, we're trying to, you know, solve problems for people. And, you know, they've got them as um, statistics and numbers. And I'm like, I am these people. I live, I know what you're talking about. So mm. when you're out here talking about these LSMs, talking about this mass market, put a name and a face to it. Yes. And I am the name and the face to it. Yeah, in this room, exactly. sitting in front of you. You know, so now when you start positioning things like that, then, you know, people stop and they're like, oh, okay um well let's hear more you know yeah. uh, but you need to know that all those things that you've gone through they are your strength um this is a conversation that i was having with one of my friends that uh you know you know how professionals will go back to the herd to um you know chill and hang out yeah. and stuff and then you get to the office you're like this different person and it's like you're dealing with two different personas yes. of this person at home or at the herd and then you know versus the person in the office and mm. it's like we shouldn't be doing that we should bring our whole selves to the space because mm. as you've said it's a box that we assume that we need to fit into so when i get to the office i don't talk about alex i don't talk about where i come from you know i'm this prim and proper young lady who uh you know calls mm. starts to call alex Anton, you know and i'm that, that person. <laughs> <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> and then um i'm this person who i think i need to be in that space yeah. but in actual fact that's taking away from Firstly, how I'm showing up mm. and the the impact that I can have, you mm. know, um, the fact that a lot of managers still don't know that some of their staff literally need to take two or three taxis to get to, um, you know, work. The fact that they don't understand families, family dynamics that, you know, when you have a death at home, whether it's your cousin or, you know, your second aunt from your mother's, you know, cousin's <laughs> side it's a family affair yes. and you have to take off work yes. and you know all those small nuances mm -hmm. that you can't that are not encapsulated in workplace policy or you know mm. any of those things that are meant to govern or protect employees it's it, it, that's stuff that we need to fight for mm -hmm. you know those are system systemic things that now you start to to see that wow this is why it's still hard for a person of my gender my race and you know or my age mm -hmm. so mm, absolutely i love that I, I i absolutely love that and i 100 agree with it um okay so tell me now that you have done all that you've done um you you hold so many titles <laughs> right Literally too, like titles, like you won, <laughs> yeah. like that too. Um, what is your vision for yourself? So this is not necessarily to say what is your goal in five years time. This is to say, what kind of person do you see yourself as? How do you see yourself showing up in the world? Like in the, in the future, your vision. Mm. Mm. Oof, yeah, that's a loaded one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, to be honest, when I do think about the, the legacy that I want to leave, mm. uh, I think about what people will be saying when I'm no longer, you know, on earth. Mm. And um, I, it's not necessarily going to be the, the titles, right? And the, the money that was made by this person, but really the impact and mm. how I've left other people feeling and what it is that is going to live beyond me, 
right? Mm. Um, we've got great figures within our country who whose legacies live on because of what they did, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes, they were wealthy. They had all this money. They had all these titles and all these awards. But what we remember is the impact that they, they left. Mm. And ultimately, that's what I want to leave. And I hope that it's well entrenched on the African continent where, you know, a young girl in Ghana can say, wow, Buibelo Mavi was, you know, a young woman from a place in South Africa who did this. I believe I can do that. Yeah. Um, so that's my ultimate dream that, you know, my legacy and my impact and, you know, what I uh, plan to do with the future will impact people that far and deep. Mm. Oh, I love that. I think of that too. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, why do I even care? I'll be gone. But I'm like, I do care. Yes. I really do care about what I'm going to leave behind when I'm not here. Okay, so we've come to my favorite part of the podcast where I get to ask okay. my favorite question. Okay. <laughs> this question comes from my favorite quote, which says, be who you needed when you were younger. Mm. I love this quote because I believe that as much as you can never go back and change time, mm. if you need to hear something or see someone at a certain age, there's probably a young girl or, or, or boy out there today listening who might need to hear the same thing. So tell me, if you could go back and talk to younger people at any age, it could be you at 5, 12, 18, yeah. or even last week. Yeah. What would you say to her? Ooh. <laughs> um, you know, I would just uh, tell her that she is loved, firstly. Mm. Um, secondly, I would tell her that she has everything that she needs to be great. Yeah, and not to doubt it for a second. Mm. I think those two, just the the assurance of, you know, love and the the assurance that you've got it all in you. Mm. You know, God created you purposefully. All those little things that you hate about yourself that you think are not good enough, those are the very things that are going to help you to achieve the things that you, you've set your mind to mm. and that, you know, that the world actually needs. So believe that. You're so beautiful. <laughs> what a perfect ending to this amazing podcast. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, how can the audience uh, get in touch with you, follow your yeah. journey, and just yeah, see your work? Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, firstly, for having me. This was incredible. And, uh, you know, I I'm, I think I'm going to need something to frame that I, I finally made it to the Sheep Brigade. Yeah, but uh, you can connect with me on across all social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn mm. at Buipilomabi. Uh, yeah, the name is consistent across all platforms. If you do wish to email me, you can find me on info at buipilomabi.com. Thank you so much. Yeah, this has been you. amazing. This has been awesome. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> yes, we did it.